congregation of two birds and a squirrel to pooch to. <laughs> so we'll be, it's looking good. It's looking good so far this yeah, morning. Yeah, at least it's better than Jackie's idea of having lots of uh, Muppets and soft toys. I did think about doing that and yeah. taking a photo, but it, I don't think we've got as many soft toys today, have we? Not, we used to not have. as many as we used to. <laughs> okay, we'll open in prayer. Father, just thank you. I thank you for today. I thank you for this glorious weather that we, we have. I thank you for this beautiful world that you have made. And I thank you that in all circumstances and in all situations, you have the victory and that we can overcome. So thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Good. So we are going to uh, bring a couple of messages this morning. We've got part five of Mark's uh, messages on the Holy Spirit. And today is going to be another fantastic message on holiness so you're just going to really enjoy that uh, why holiness um, particularly today when there's a lot of preaching about oh, we don't need holiness because we've got grace uh, which is a lie 
So we're just going to talk about that this morning and then I've got a little nugget to bring, something that I felt that God's been talking to me about this week. So the notices, we bring them every week. The notices will go out to you, what's happening during the week, how to stay connected, which is so important as we keep saying each week, to be connected to each other because we are a family and when we can't see each other, when we can't meet physically, that's really important. We love you guys, we're just so sorry that we can't see you at the moment, but you're in our hearts, you're in our prayers, and so those notices will come out so that we can be connected on all the different forums that we have happening during the week. Um, particularly join us for prayer with everything that's going on at the moment, all the decisions that the government's having to make, NHS, um, nursing, doctors, they're still got a lot to do um, and so this time is still difficult um, so we want to just really uh, encourage each other to keep praying, keep seeking God, go into his presence, hear his voice and um, get peace in your soul. Um, so yeah so want to share, kick off, share some testimonies with you, some great things going on and just share with you a bit of an update, we talked about Grow Baby last week so so I wanted to update you, got some uh, messages from Mike and Flynn. Um, thank you all for your prayer support with Grow Baby's work for the past two weeks. It's been wonderful to reach families in need. We've clothed 50 children so far. Yeah. And God has linked us up with no initiation from us, with four new networks, organisations, which include managers from the City Council to help spread the word. Uh, we've got prayer requests coming in from the Grow Baby parents and we're putting those around on the, the Faith Life uh, prayer network. Just wanted to share with you a few testimonies from that. Uh, these, are, these are just a, a selection. Thanks again so much. Hopefully I can come visit your church after COVID has cleared up. I've always been a believer in God and so has my mum. But recently I've struggled with my faith. But coming across people like you restores it. It's been such a struggle trying to find clothes for my daughter because of COVID. And I am so, so thankful. We as a family, this is a separate, the second one. We as a family would love to say a huge thank you to you. We've enough to last us through this lockdown and our newborn baby items will help us immensely. The postcard and the leaflet from, from God was lovely to read. I've used religious charities through both pregnancies and I don't think I'd have everything I have today without your help from you. Stay safe and enjoy this time. Um, let, me, let me choose another one. This is, from, uh, this is from the City Council's District Early Help Team. And they've sent this round all their uh, contacts within the City Council. I wanted to let you know about a charity run by Faith Life Church in Cambridge. They've been running regularly close swaps at Clay Farm Community Centre for at least the last year. These have been very popular in the Trumpeter community. Since lockdown, they have decided to set up a delivery clothing to vulnerable families. The families I work with have been delighted to receive clothes uh, for their little children and uh, who have had growth spurts. So the message is getting out there. We, yeah. we, we've closed 50 families. Now, 
the, the, the thing is, on some sizes we've run out because obviously taking donations is a little bit difficult. Uh, we, we're trying to work on that. We're trying to be able to take some new donations in. But we, we've had to actually go and buy some clothes. Um, you guys are, are, have been generous, so generous in terms of the fighting fund. Uh, one thing that did happen, which I, I just want to give testimony to, because it was just a, a real surprise and just such a blessing, is uh, some of you will be aware that in, in previous years we, we've helped uh, Kenneth Copeland Ministries. We've hosted his daughter Terry for a prayer conference and we hosted one of their Connect meetings. I was contacted, uh, well, gone off two weeks ago now, just they were connecting with people that had helped them in the past and just seeing what we were doing in terms of uh, helping people out there um, during this current crisis. And so I told them about what we were doing with Bulgaria, how we were helping feed people there, how we were helping get witnessing materials out there, and also told them about Grow Baby. Three days later, I got an email uh, saying that they were sending a donation to us, and it, and it is a really good, substantial donation to help us with this work. And so that's been just such a blessing and totally unexpected. Uh, basically, they've been told by Kenneth personally from the US that they had to go and contact people who'd helped them in the past because he wanted to now help those who'd helped them and it's just such a blessing but we, we really need to, to keep this going there's there's a tremendous uh, need out there some of the the parents that we've taken the clothes to you know you can just see that the struggle that, that, that they have and we got some feedback, more feedback from Bulgaria this week. They've been making up food parcels, taking out more food parcels. Uh, but also one of the things that they're doing, because it's compulsory to wear uh, face masks in Bulgaria, even when you can get out with your three sets of papers, um, they've been bundling up, in, they've got some plastic folders, and they've been bundling up a, a, a face masks, but they've been bundling it with a witness to the gospel, contact details, prayer cards, and they've been giving those out as bundles, and people have just been so delighted. They've now distributed over 500 uh, masks with these gospel bundles and, and prayer cards. So it's just fantastic to be able to help. And, and the, the stuff that we've had from the fighting fund so far, we, we've used that for, for not only those things, but we've used them for new software that we need. We did have some new tech for this morning, but we haven't quite got it there yet. We, 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 we're hoping to, to start that next week. So not only will we change scenery, but there might be some more new things. Uh, we've been helping people uh, within our church with food, uh, with things that they need uh, for their health, uh, for mental health and so on. So we've been doing all sorts of things and it's just fantastic to see. But we, we, we need to keep doing this and, you know, supplies are running short on Grow Baby. Uh, in certain sizes so we need to solve those problems so you you can pray about that or you might want to send a donation to the fighting fund but uh, either way uh, we just trust in God that he's going to keep supplying the needs of people through through your generosity and through the, the, way, the things that we're doing yeah. so amen to that that's good that's good and we've got some photos haven't we oh yeah we've got some photos yeah, we'll send you some photos yeah. around from, yeah. from Bulgaria yeah and uh, we've, we've also got photos of Mike packing clothing but you might not want to see that depends you know <laughs> he's been beavering away coming in because there's nobody in the office at the moment so it's safe for Mike to come in and uh, pack all the bags up and 
Hades emptied the minibus of clothes and gone through everything. That in itself is a big task. So, yeah, thankfully, um, Mike can come in and do that into a safe place. Yeah. Um, so, um, you have seen on the email that we sent out last week that we have a new uh, daily devotional um, video series that's starting tomorrow. Uh, that's called Be Courageous. I'm excited about the stuff that God's been showing us on that and, 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 the, and those little messages. So, so watch out for that tomorrow morning. I think it'll be 7 a.m. in your email box. It'll go out in the evening on Facebook as usual. Some really uh, good, strong messages to help us in this time and encourage us. Now also you'll have seen that together with those messages, tomorrow we launch Ta -da. Ta -da. Where is it? No, 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 it's there. It's there. It's there. It's there. It's oh, there. there you go, there you go. Smooth, yeah. We launched the Rock Solid book. Uh, this is our second attempt to launch it. We had a few printing problems yeah. the first time. Uh, but it's now ready. It gets officially launched tomorrow. However, because you know about this and because we love you, and because you're probably bored in lockdown, you can go and order your own shiny, perfect, glossy copy from Amazon at the end of this meeting. It's actually live on Amazon now. So you go amazon.co.uk, type in Rock Solid Mark Baines. You need to type in Rock Solid Mark Baines because Paul Howarth went looking for it and he got some really strange book covers before we got to mine. You but can you, need, you need Rock Solid Mark Baines. <laughs> This one, it's got two shoes on a rock. Two shoes, shoe that's the one you're one. looking for. So you can get your copy of that. Uh, some more news that we've got coming. You probably know that we've been developing lots of resources. We, we filmed the sessions of Rock Solid now yeah. and they're already in edited. Jules has been absolutely beavering away at this. Well, so sometime, sometime next week on our website, we will have live... A, a shop, a resource shop, so you'll be able to just get all sorts of things that we've done over the years, uh, USB sticks of, of talks, life group material, all sorts of sermon series from the past, yes, Bulldog Faith is on there, <laughs> all, all those sort of things, and, and we're going live with that, I think, it, it, sometime this week, but it just, uh, it's just ready to press the button, but we wanted it to coincide with this Rock Solid launch, so that's all ready, and Jill's has done a great job with that. So, yeah, so I'm excited about this. You know, this book, this book, the material in this book is where Faith Life started from. Yeah. It was teaching this course that changed lives. And, and we didn't want to go back to where we were before. And since then, we've taught it over and over again to hundreds and hundreds of people. You know, the testimonies, you know, like people get recommendations in the front of the book. I decided, well, you know, I could go get somebody fancy and somebody famous to endorse this, but... Instead, what we've got is we've got real testimonies from people that you know saying how this changed their lives. There's yeah. testimonies from Heather Rogers, Ange Costard, Kim Birch, Rachel Bennions, Joyce Gannon, Neil Prem, Bob Rogers, John Bennions. You know, this, this has really affected lives and we wanted some real uh, testimonies that you can go and like just test it out and say, guys, what you said there, is that true? Yes, it's true. And so I'm just really excited to finally have got this out. I'm really excited. It's a little bit like our baby, isn't it? It's like when we started the church, it was very much started with this as the foundation. And it has been our heart over the years to get these foundation messages into people's hearts and minds and to have it in a book form. I mean, when we've been doing Rock Solid, we've given out 
sheets and sheets and sheets of paper haven't we full of stuff so now we only we've burned through two four copies <laughs> doing this i know there was a lot so now it's all in this uh, beautiful book and it's really special to our hearts mark's actually on your fourth fifth book there are books coming out of him there's, there's another one ready yeah. it's edited it's uh, copy read it's just waiting to cover but yeah. obviously yeah. you can't get your second one up till your first one's up and it's yeah. out there and and you get yeah. sufficient promotion but there's, there's actually a second book ready apart from the cover called grace changes everything which is yeah. just a study of the one. book of romans so we're, yeah. we're excited about that yeah. we're also excited that that we we filmed the material for rock solid now so anybody can deliver this course you can deliver it one-to-one -one using the rock solid workbooks that we we've shown you how to use yeah. but you can also deliver it as a life group and encourage other people from other churches to use it as a life group because it, it's filmed uh, the sessions are about about 40 45 minutes long uh, they've got questions to go with them it's just that the, the sort of format you see on anybody else's life group material and, and Jules again has done a great job with that. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Jules. So we're excited to get this one out and we're excited for more coming out. It's really yeah. good to get good material into people's hands. So, so yeah, so good. having having big battle, should we big you up now? Should we? We've got we've got your you've got your nugget for today. I've got my nugget, so I'm just going to bring bring this up. I've got no idea what she's gonna say, so I'll I'll just sit and enjoy it like you. Just a dream and then the next night I had another one 
very, very similar. And this was, I was now in a car journey and I had been, had to go somewhere and I was trying to get home. And in my car, there was a slip road onto the motorway, but it had blocked me and said, you have to go south. And I asked somebody why I couldn't get on there. And they said, oh, you have to go 50 miles that way. And so I headed off that way. And then I tried to come back because we were going 50 miles in the opposite direction. And then coming back again, there was queues. And I just thought, I'm never going to get to my destination. And I woke up and I felt really concerned about this and thought, why is these similar dreams keeping bothering me? And I thought, you know, the things that we're seeing, the things that go through our mind, affect us. And we're thinking of future things in my life. I'm looking ahead where we hopefully, you know, would have been doing things, going to places, Jessica's wedding, all of these things that are ahead. But feeling that we have no known date, no understanding of how we're going to get to that place, what is necessary to get us from where we are to there. And being in that place, being just in, in your home, not being able to see people, the normality of life being completely changed. Even if we want to stand strong and we know how to do that as believers, these things just still come into our soul. And I, I was talking to God about this and um, he reminded me of some different places in the word that I found really helpful. So I really just wanted to share them with you. We were playing the song at the beginning from Nathan Taylor, In Your Presence. And that is really what has been coming to me this week. In your presence. Stay in your presence. What comes out of the presence? What we receive from his presence. What we give to him in the presence. And it's so important, time with Jesus, time in the presence. And we've been looking over the weeks, Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And that is so key for us at this time, that we need to go under the shadow of the Almighty. I imagine him with big wings covering me as I go into that secret place. But I have to do something. Those wings are there, those, those, that shadow of the Almighty is there for me. But I have to choose to step in. I have to choose to take the time to go into his presence. God reminded me of Mary and Martha, the story. It's in Luke 10, verse 38, 42. And Martha had invited Jesus into her home. Mary was sat at Jesus' Jesus's feet and she was listening to his word. And the Holy Spirit really flagged that up to me. Mary wasn't just sitting at the feet of Jesus. Sometimes we think Martha was beavering about in the kitchen and Mary just sat lazing at Jesus' feet. It's good to be with Jesus. It's good to be in his presence. But she was listening to his word. And the Holy Spirit really showed me how important it is. It's not just being in the presence, but it is letting 
the word soak us with what we need at this time. Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered her and said, Martha, Martha. See, he wasn't cross. He loved Martha. She had invited him and was so kind to him in her home. Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. And I thought about us at this time. It was like you were saying, Cheryl, Cheryl, you are worried and troubled about many things. All the things that are going on in the world, you have no control over it. They trouble you. They concern you. What's going on with people? What's going on in our NHS? What's going on in our families? What's going on in the world? They trouble me. I'm concerned. And Jesus said but to Mary and to me, to Martha and to me, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Because Mary would have been troubled too, if Martha was worried and troubled, Jesus knew, Jesus knew exactly what were the things that were troubling Martha, but they would have been troubling Mary. And Mary had chosen to sit at the feet of Jesus and to listen to his word. Moses understood this. Um, in Exodus 33, verse 9 to 16, it talks about how Moses went into the presence of God. He entered the tabernacle and the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. When we go into his presence, we can speak to the Lord face to face, just as Moses did when he went into the presence. It then says Joshua, a young man who had gone with Moses, didn't depart from the tabernacle where the presence was. Joshua knew to stay in the presence of God was so necessary and so wonderful. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know who you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. And the Lord said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And Moses said to the Lord, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? 
Moses realized that it was so important that wherever he went, that the presence of the Lord went with him. Whatever we do, we need the presence to be with us. Only out of the presence can we do the things that the Lord wants us to do. Sometimes we do the doing first, and yet the priority is the presence first. That's what Mary had understood. Martha was doing doing, but she understood that what they needed in that time of trouble was the presence of Jesus. And I just want to finish with um, David, who also realised that the presence was so important. Um, I was in Psalms and uh, I was looking at Psalm 27. from verse 4. Let's find it. And Psalm 27, verse 4 says, One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. I just want to read that to you from another version. And as I speak it, just let this wash over you as it washed over me. Here's the one thing I crave from God, the one thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. That we can live our lives so close to him that he finds pleasure in our every prayer. And as David beheld the beauty of the Lord, the end of the psalm shows how in those difficult times that David was in, by being with God, he found the very thing that was his helper. David says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries or false witnesses that have risen against me and such as breath about violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord 
in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And so I feel that that's a real key message. Have a look at Psalm 27, verse 4 to the end. Well, the whole of Psalm 27. Spending time in the presence of God at this time must be a priority. We need to make time to do this. I know it can be busy at the moment at home. For some of us, we're at home and have more time. For others, particularly with children and your homeschooling, and maybe both of you are working at home, it's not easy. But if you can ask the Lord to help you to find that time to go into his presence, to sit at his feet, to listen to his word, to seek his face, speak to him face to face. When Jesus died on the cross, the curtain was ripped down. We now have complete entry into the presence of God. That is a gift to us that we can go into that place. We can find our sustenance, our strength in the secret place, in the shadow of the Almighty. And we can speak to him and we can hear his voice. I just want to finish with um, a part of a song that we were playing at the beginning um, of before we, we started on a Sunday. Um, we're going to play it at the end. And when we play it, uh, listen right through. It's actually seven minutes long. It's The Blessing by Carrie Joby. Um, it's a wonderful song. It came out of time in the presence. They went into the presence and they just spent time. And this beautiful song that will touch your heart came out of it. And I'm just going to read um, a little bit, just, just to end, uh, from one of the verses. You know the blessing? Uh, have a look at Deuter uh, Deuteronomy 28, chapter 28. It talks about the blessing. It talks about what God has given to us. If you are in Christ, this blessing is available to us all the time. And we are often teaching how to receive that blessing, how to bring that blessing into our life. The blessing is full of goodness. The blessing is full of healing. And if you're a believer, that blessing goes down a thousand generations to your children, to your children, and their children, and their children. And one of the uh, parts of the verse, and I absolutely love this, it says, may his presence go before you, and behind you, and beside you, all around you, and within you. He is with you. He is with you. In the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and rejoicing. He is for you. He is for you. Amen. So, Father, I thank you that you are for us. You are for us, for our children and our children, that your blessing 
is for us, that your presence is with us. And I thank you that in this time, whether we're rejoicing or weeping, we can come into your presence. We can come under those wings. We can come and speak to you face to face. And you promise to strengthen us, to be with us, to encourage us, to lift off that burden and to give us life in our body, in our soul, in our hearts. This morning, and as we go into this next week, Holy Spirit, help us to go into the presence, into your presence, to meet with Jesus, to receive what we need from our Father. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of the Lord we pray. Amen. 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 Good message. Great sport for me. Good, big sport for you. Let's go to meeting. So, <laughs> Yeah, okay, we're going to take our offering now. Um, you know the format by now. Um, you know, even if you, you haven't seen the format before, you know, this is the first time you've caught this uh, uh, meeting, session, service, whatever we want to call it. Um, you can give online. Uh, you just go to uh, our church website, www.faithlifechurch.org.uk. Or you can give direct by bank transfer. Uh, the account is Faith Life Church Cambridge. And the uh, sort code is 201722. 201722. And the account number is 7009384. That's 7009384. And some of you have even found other ways of, of doing this. You've, you've checks in the post sent them to the church office that's fantastic that's brilliant uh, but we just want to we want to thank you for your generosity we you know we, we we're just so grateful we're so grateful that so many of you have actually found ways of continuing to give um, and for those who've been giving we really we really are blessed by that so mm -hmm. father we just want to thank you we want to thank you for all that you give us that you are our source you are our provider yes and lord i pray that you would uh, continue to uh, uh, bless us, that you will continue to, to pour out, and that as we receive your offering, you will take it, you will multiply it, you will touch lives, you will touch lives in our community, that, that as a church we'll continue to be able to pay our bills, and we just thank you for that, Lord. Mm -hmm. We thank you that you are a God of abundance, the God of more than enough, and that your supply is, is for for, for to bless but also to be a blessing to us so we thank you lord mm. amen 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 each week we've been uh, sharing communion together which is just fantastic it's not quite the same as doing it where we all see each other and can give hugs and or even elbow bumps would be good wouldn't they but what whatever but we we want to keep sharing communion because it's a way of just um, refocusing us on the on the sacrifice of Christ and His provision for us of of life, of healing, of health, of wholeness, of forgiveness, of eternal life, and and we just want to keep uh, really going to back to that each week and yeah. sharing that as a family. So if you've got your 
bread and your wine together just just get it out now and we'll share that mm -hmm. together yeah i love that um as i was reminded when i was speaking what jesus went through at the cross and shed his blood and why we're doing communion each week the curtain in the temple was split top to bottom not bottom to top it was a very big curtain and god took it not man from the bottom upwards but it went from the top and split right the way down and as we take communion it's so good to remember what god did for us we remember that by jesus's sacrifice that curtain now in the temple that barred us going into his presence was ripped open and the father is saying come in my child my beloved come in come in to my presence so as we share the bread we just remember jesus's body mm. broken for us as a sacrifice for, for our forgiveness payment for our sin and provision yes. of our healing so we thank you jesus We remember Jesus' blood shed for us. Shed for us on the cross. Mm. That we now have an everlasting covenant with, with God. Signed in the blood of Jesus. And we thank you for that, Lord. Yeah. Amen. It is a key thing that as the family of God, we are vulnerable, remembering what Jesus did. As we share communion together, although we physically can't be with you, as we take communion together, then we are doing it together. We are blessing the Lord together. And even if we're not together in the same place, we are together in what we have just done. As a yeah. key symbol and remembrance of what God has done for us, yeah. and that's what makes us family. That's good. That's it really good. Yeah. Important. Yeah, it's important. Isn't it? Yeah. It's such an important value that you know. Sometimes people they talk about church or, or, or things and they say, well, you know, the numbers are important because people are numbers. You know, people are not numbers; they're people, mm. and and it's it's you know it's so ingrained in in god's heart that he has a family yeah and that's why you know this value of family to us as a church mm -hmm. is so important that's why we keep saying stay connected yeah. it's so important we stay connected yeah. it's so important we we grow in faith together and that we help others we help each other mm -hmm. and we save lives so all those values are important but it's this value of family and, yeah. and it's big for god and it's big for us we are not yeah. numbers we're people 
Yes. And family is really important. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm talking a lot this morning, but I've obviously got things I want to say you that do, I you do. do have things you want to um, say. I've been looking at Timothy this week as well, and um, 2 Timothy is Paul's last letter to um, that he sends from prison. I'll get my talk ready. You get your talk ready. And he talks about, um, uh, you know, those that have, have fallen away from him, those that have fallen away from the message, the true message of the gospel, and people that he's known and have, have left him. And he's writing to Timothy and he says, you know, will you bring Mark to me, bring Luke? And, and it really affected me when he said, and will you bring my cloak? Because he was in prison and I thought, nobody's given him a cloak. It must be going cold. And he's saying, come quickly. You know, I want to see you. And I need my cloak. And I just, it, it just made me just connect in that way that this was his family. And his family were coming to be with him at that final time. And were bringing him his cloak. And he talked to them as, the, as beloved. The letter that's going out my beloved, my beloved. And I just thought, you know, when you're in family, you are our beloved, our beloved, who we love. And um, yeah, so I just wanted to share that because over through the week, I've been thinking about family, Paul's heart, those that were around him. And although he, he was on his own, um, he was writing, he was speaking, he was sending out his messages. And his family was coming. And Mark and Luke were coming to be with him. And one day we will be together again. I know that. So, so we hold on to that and do our best to spend time together in this way. Okay, so we've okay. got Mark coming to preach Got now. my Bible, I'm ready. Got my Bible. I'm ready. And uh, I will quickly pray and then we'll... Quickly hear pray. The word. Quickly yeah. pray. Yeah. I'll quickly two pray. lines. Okay, two lines. I'll try. <laughs> So Father, I just ask for your anointing to flow through Mark this morning. I ask that you will soften our hearts to receive your word. We want to leave from this place, having received from you in our time together, allowing you to speak to our hearts and to speak through Mark. So be with him, Father. Heal his eye, this infection in his eye. I command it to go in the name of Jesus, that he'll be able to see his words and uh, see them clearly. And we thank you for all that you are going to do through Mark, bring through Mark this morning, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so we've been talking about... Um, no, I don't need that. I've just oh, put that over there. <laughs> I'll bring it I need the watch, though, don't you? Okay. You're causing chaos I'm now, causing darling. Chaos. Yeah. It's, it's one of those mornings. There we go. I'll put you watch. It's one of them mornings. Okay. Yeah. okay. Right. Are you doing? I'm quiet. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll start again. Yeah. So we've been we've been looking at this topic. I, I, you know, it goes under the the heading of burn, but it's really about uh, either staying on fire for God when the world's trying to put your flame out of. It's actually rekindling that, that first love, that first fire that we had for God. Perhaps it, it got dulled down, perhaps it got doused by, by some stuff in the past, perhaps it's just like petered out a bit and it's a bit of a, a fuzzy ember. So we've been talking about that and 
And the things I've talked about, about putting fuel on the fire, the, the Word of God, meditating the Word of God. I've talked about uh, connecting directly with God in prayer, being in His presence, hearing His voice, listening to His voice, being quick to hear, slow to speak. Um, and, and last week I talked about the oxygen that, fuel, that, that just fans those flames, the, the power and the presence and the life of the Holy Spirit. And we, we, we covered all those and it just really brought it home to me that actually they're, they're basic disciplines. I know that's not a, a popular word these days. We, we seem to, in our, in our I guess, modernising of our faith, we, we forgot some of the basic things and we don't like certain words, but they're basic disciplines of the Christian faith that, that generation upon generation that's gone before us has had ingrained in the way that they, they lived out their Christianity. And, and so it's really important that there is a restoration of those basic disciplines. You've heard me in, in life groups as well talking about that. I'm praying for a revival of the Bible, where as, as the body of believers, we actually know the word, but not only know it, but we become doers of it, and we live the word, and, and, it, and it works in our lives through faith. And, and so as people of faith, we want to grow in that. So I want to take it... Just a little bit further, I, I've got two weeks left on this topic, I think. You know, God, that's as much as God's shown me so far. Uh, and, and today I want to talk about something that is just so important. Again, it's unfashionable. It's this word, holiness. Being holy. Somehow that's become unfashionable because we don't like to talk about the things that need to change in us. It is true that we are saved by grace, we are forgiven back through grace, and that we receive it by faith. But that does not mean that we can forget about being holy. And I want to talk about that this morning. You know, I've been talking about this, this picture of, of a fire, and I've been using uh, our wood burner stove to describe it. I've talked about vents and logs and air and oxygen and all that sort of stuff but you know there's sometimes that I've, I've come i've lit this fire i've put the logs on and it's just not worked you know it, it's 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 there i've lit it i've got it burning and and instead of like this this big warm flame i get this puny little yellowy thing and and the smoke coming out and it and it smells and, it, and it's spitting in there, you can hear it spitting. And it, you know, I open the door, see what's going on, and it stinks. You know, the smelly, foggy particles, they just fill the air. And there's a problem, you know, there's always a problem, isn't there? And, but it's an obvious problem that the wood and the fuel that I put on there, there was something wrong with it. And instead of a nice seasoned piece of wood, I picked up, picked up something and it's damp and it's wet and it's rotten and it's got mould on it and, and, and that sort of stuff. And, and the oxygen's not coming through, so it's not producing and not doing what it's supposed to. Instead of a flame, I've got a smell and a fog and it stinks. And I want to get rid of that stink. And, and I want you to 
picture that in your mind. It's just that, that you know when the, the, the smell of fires when it's just not nice and it, it kind of goes through your house. Um, it, it, it's kind of like, and, and, and the problem is we've got some stuff in there that needs sorting. That, that damp, moldy bit of wood or bits of wood, they need getting out of. So I'm going to talk about that this morning. I'm going to talk about holiness and I'm going to start. I'm really interested because I didn't know what Shell was going to talk about. And she went to Moses, I'm going to Moses. So I want you to go to Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. And we're going to start exploring this topic of holiness. You know this story. Most people, if you, if, you know, I, I, I must have learned this, heard this story when I was five or six, little, little child. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he's led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why does the bush not burn? So that when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. And I, and I, I was reading that and I thought, well, so what was it about that ground that right there and then, just on a mountainside, at the backside of the desert, on a particular mountain, in the middle of a lot of other mountains, what was it that made that very place holy? You know, we're not talking, there's no temples, there's no tents, there's no tabernacles, there's not even a pile of stones. And yet God is turning around and going, take off your sandals because this is a holy place. What is it that made it holy? Now, when you start get, getting into this, you, you, you probably know that I like to look up the meanings of words and so on. And rather than the, the go back to Hebrew, we don't entirely have to do that. There's a, there's a Greek translation of the Old Testament called the Septuagint. And I want to, to, you, to, to draw your attention to what this word holy is in the Septuagint. Because when I get further into this talk, I'll keep coming back to this word. And it's a Greek word, and it's hagios, H-A-G-I-O-S, and that means holy. Now, this mountain, it looked, for all intents and purposes, just like any other mountain. The ground looked like any other ground. There's rocks, there's soil, there's bits of plant. And, you know, it's got lots of other little mountains around it. And naturally, this mountain wasn't special at all it was just a mountain amongst many mountains if you go there now it looks like a mountain just like every other mountain but when god's presence touched the mountain the divine presence of god is what set it apart and made it holy and and, and god showed me that and i just thought oh my goodness it's the presence of god in a place that makes holy it's not the place itself. The divine presence, the presence of God, 
changed the category of what was an ordinary mountain to make it a holy mountain. It, it, was, it was no longer like the other mountains. Basically what had happened is because God was there, its status had changed. And when God's presence came, it became holy. Now, let me just take this a bit further. Just think about ourselves. Before we were saved, God's presence was not alive in us. Our spirit was dead. We weren't connected to God. But when we became a believer, God moved in. The Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, came in, brought our hearts alive, his spirit became one with our spirit and we were born again. Our status was changed because the presence of God had moved in. Are you getting this? Are you with me on this? You know, there's nothing normal or ordinary about a believer. We are holy people with the presence of a holy God who lives in us and with us. We are sacred people. We are, we are set apart because God's presence is alive within us. Let me put it this way. I just, God just dropped this. He just said, said it. You, my friend, are holy ground. You are holy ground. Because God's presence is there. Now the question is, if that's the reality, how do we live from that place? Because when people come into contact with us, and when we look at ourselves, a defining characteristic of what we see should be holiness. That's so important. You know, we do not want to grieve the Holy Spirit within us. Moses was asked to take off his shoes because the presence of God was there. Now, under the new covenant, that's a picture under the, uh, you know, in, in the Old Testament, and what is true also in the New Covenant, we are asked to take off our old man because we are holy ground. You know, um, in our house, you know, when we moved into this house a number of years ago, in our bedroom, it's got a kind of en suite area. And it, it's got wardrobes there, and it's got a row of wardrobes. And, and I was kind of excited. I thought, you know, finally I, I'm going to have a bit of space to, to hang things up. And, you know, even before I ever got in there, uh, I found that out of all these wardrobes, I only had one. And, and, and that is just the lot of us men sometimes. Because Cheryl just, and she, she used to do this. She, she, got, she got over this a few years ago, well, a number of years ago now. But she used to, like, not throw things away. Uh, because you get this sentence, don't you? You never know when it's going to come back in fashion, or one, you know, one day it'll look good again. And size. And, and size will. Cheryl <laughs> says size will work. <laughs> you know, and then 
when Jess, Jessica, our daughter, came back from university, I went to my wardrobe one morning and I was shocked because I had less than one wardrobe because Jessica, from not having enough room in her wardrobe, had moved some of her clothes into my wardrobe. And I went and I said, what are you doing, Jess? What, what's happening here? You've got clothes in my wardrobe. And she said to me, a young lady needs all the space she can get. And then that very evening she was going out and she claimed that she had nothing to wear. And so we, you know, when, when she was going out, we went through this ritual of her trying on this multiple outfits. I don't know, maybe she was going to see a boy, I don't know. And she'd try the outfit on and no, that doesn't look right. And then she'd get another one out and she'd try that. And basically she, she came out with combinations of all the things she tried on to try and get this perfect combination. She'd put it on, she'd take it off, she'd look in the mirror, uh, she'd put it on again, look in the mirror, different combination, trying to get it right. And she repeated that until it all looked perfect. Now, here's the point. Now, that's, a, that's kind of a little story, uh, a bit of insight into our family and my wardrobe situation. But we all have a spiritual changing room and we all have a mirror. The spiritual changing room is our mind and the mirror is the word of God. It reflects back to us what we are meant to be and what we are meant to look like. And, and in that, we put on the new and take off the old. And we do that as a deliberate choice. That putting on the new and taking off the old, that is holiness. That is seeking holiness. And we do that by deliberate choice. We have to make a choice whether we're going to walk after the Spirit, connecting in with the presence of God that dwells within us, that holy ground within us, or we go after the flesh. Go with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, uh, verse um, 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Now, I was looking at it and I thought, really interesting words. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. You know, sometimes we say, well, you know, I don't need to bother about that holiness stuff because I'm saved by grace. You are saved by grace. But you are also supposed to get free of all the stuff that has made a mess of your life and has made a mess of other people's life and has grieved the Holy Spirit within you. So that's why Paul is saying, abhor what is evil. That word abhor means to detest, detest what is evil. Separate from what is evil. And, and this, is, this is what the original Greek word means. It means have a horror of what is evil. Have a horror of what is evil. And then it says, cling to what is good. What, do, what does that mean? In the original Greek, it means to join to, to cleave. It means to glue together with your superglue. Glue together with your superglue. Fasten to and cement so it's solid. So detest and have a horror of what is good. And cement and fasten to and glue to what is... Sorry. Uh, detest and have a horror of what is bad, evil. And cling to, glue together and fasten to what is good. Now what does he mean by that? He says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honour, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, not lazy, not slothful, 
not lagging in diligence, be diligent, fervent in spirit, make sure you're on fire, make sure you're fanning those flames, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, keeping your eye on the hope that is ours, keeping your eye on the promises of God, patient in tribulation, now that's a good one for now, isn't it? Patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayers, there's these basic disciplines again distributing to the needs of the saints and given over to hospitality now this is this is the, this is the challenge look at this next verse this is when it when it comes down to it holiness and our new birth hits the road where we get challenged bless those who persecute you bless and do not curse it's easy to be kind and loving to those who love you. It's less easy, in fact, sometimes it's almost impossible to bless those who persecute you. And that word persecute, you know, it's not, a, it's not just like Roman soldiers piling in and feeding you to lions. No, that word persecute means this. It means to people who chase you down, people who seek to acquire you, seek to manipulate you, seek to own you, uh, the, and people who catch you up and push you down people who just come along and and they want to kind of use you but they push you down so that you're not competition you, you're not against people who catch you up and push you out people who put you to flight and he says those are the sort of people that you need to bless those are the sort of people you need to bless and not curse And that's a real challenge, isn't it? You know, the message puts all of that in context and it, and it says this, run for dear life from what is evil and hold on to dear life for what is good. And when we put that in practice, that looks like blessing those who have done us bad and not cursing them. And that's where the challenge comes. You see, when we, we move into the context of what we actually look like inside our character, then the challenges come. So let's just go to, just a little bit further on, let's go to Romans chapter 13. And I'll start at verse 11. Do this, knowing the time, that now is high time to awake out of your sleep, wake up, for now, your salvation is nearer than when you first believed. Well, that's true, isn't it? The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, in other words, what should you do in the light of that fact that the return of Jesus is now nearer than when you first believed? Therefore, cast off the works of darkness and put on the armour of light. It's that changing room again. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. There it is again. Put on Christ, take off the flesh. Put away what is evil, hold tight to what is good. Walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. You see, we have a responsibility to believe what God says about us and to live from that place. Now, just go, with, go back with me to those words. Cast off. 
some your version might say lay aside. That, that, that word that's translated there, that word lay aside means discard or stow away. Now the idea of that is what Cheryl did a few years ago. Is she, she opened up all of those wardrobes, went through them, was absolutely ruthless, dumped on the floor everything that she, she thought you know, was older than a year, Everything that she was hoping to fit into again one day, dumped them all, everything that was out of fashion, there was probably a pair of flares in there, I don't know, dumped them all, piled this, this pile of clothes on the floor and stuck them in black bin bags, took them out and took them to the clothes bag. And that's the, that's the picture there. What, what, what Paul is saying is you, everything about your old man you take it, you put it in a trunk or a black bin liner, you lock it up and you dump it at the tip. You just get rid of it. Get it out of your life. Get rid of the old life that no longer fits you. Because if you try wearing that life, if you try wearing that life as a new believer, for, who wants to who should be full of the Holy Spirit, should be full of the holiness of the Holy Spirit, should be burning with that pure flame, not that damp, stinky, foggy, smelly particle flame, that full of the Holy Spirit. If you are, are, are that, that person, then if you try and live in that old set of clothes, they won't fit you. And here's what will happen. You will bulge in all the wrong places. You'll be squashed into them to the point where it starts to cut your circulation off. And that's not a great place to be. So the question is this, you know, at what point do we lay aside our flesh? How do we do this walking in holiness? How do we live from the spirit? And the answer to that, Paul gives us in this, is make no provision for the flesh. In other words, don't make plans for how you're going to fulfill the needs of the flesh. And, and often we, we sit there and we, we make our life plans, don't we? And we make our plans for what we're going to do that evening or what we're going to do in the next few weeks or, or what we're going to have for dinner or what we're going to watch on TV or what we're going to read. And we make all these plans for ourselves and we make provision for our flesh. And Paul said, that's kind of the wrong starting point. Where I want you to be... And where God, Jesus wants you to be, what pleases him is where you start making plans for how you're going to make provision for your spirit. And that's where it gets exciting. So stop making plans for the flesh. Start making plans for your spirit. And as you think more like Christ, you're going to start seeing Christ in you. Put Christ on and you will find that instead of bulging and your circulation being cut off, if you put Christ on, you will find he fits perfectly and you look good. In fact, you look so good, people are going to come and go ask you, why do you look so good? Why are you so attractive to me? And, and we put Christ on, you see, the message version puts it like this. So I, 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 I'll just read this to you. The message version of this says, get out of bed, get dressed, don't loiter and linger, waiting until the very last minute, dress yourselves in Christ and get up and get about. And that is just so powerful. So powerful. Now, let's just 
explore a couple of more things before I finish. Go with me now. It's a, it's a little bit of a, a follow through. It's the same topic. Go with me now to Ephesians chapter 4. You see, we're talking about the fire of God. And the fire of God requires the Holy Spirit to be active in our life. It, it, it needs the Holy Spirit fire in our hearts to burn strong. He needs to, to be, uh, we stir up, but that, that freezing, that he, he comes in with that oxygen that we've talked about, and we burn with, with, with a strong flame, a pure flame. You know, when, when things get really hot, you, I don't know if you remember Bunsen burners uh, from school, you know, you, you have that little adjuster, and when, it, when it's burning kind of cool, it's as cool as you can burn, it, it's, an, it's a yellowy-orange flame. But as you open up the oxygen, it starts to burn blue. It gets hot. So that's when it's really hot. And it's that pure flame of the Holy Spirit that we're after. That's called holiness. The pure flame of the Holy Spirit coming and showing on the outside. So here we go. Um, he starts by talking about the new man. Um, let me start verse 17. Therefore, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you no longer walk the rest of your life as the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkness, being alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work uncleanness with greediness. When he says, you know, no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, it actually must be possible for us to carry on walking like that. He's saying, that's not who you are. That's, that's not the way the Holy Spirit is going to um, burst out into flame in you. But you didn't learn Christ that way. I mean, verse 20, you didn't learn Christ that way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off your former conduct. The old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Instead, be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. You see, the Holy Spirit who lives in you is a person and he is holy he's the holy spirit the connection the reality of the things of god is holiness the holy spirit who dwells in you and is one with your spirit he is holy therefore be holy as i am holy And the reality is that the Holy Spirit is free and moves in power and is comfortable and enjoys and gives full expression to who he is in places where there's holiness, in people who are desiring holiness for themselves. Because he is holy, he is comfortable and gives full expression to, to who he is because there's holiness there. He's comfortable with that. Now read this. And 
and just like I, look, I looked at this passage and then every time I look at this passage I just feel so convicted because we have got this you know personally I've got this so wrong in the past collectively we've got this so wrong at times therefore putting away lying let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor for we are members of one another we're family be angry do not sin don't let the sun go down on your anger. How many times do we let the sun go down on our anger and just let it fester and build and, and grow and grow? Do not let the sun go down here. Do not give place to the devil. When we're doing that, we are giving place instead of to the Holy Spirit who is who is who is looking to 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 shine and burn, we're giving place to the devil instead instead. These are hard things to say, but Paul is writing to grace-filled, spirit-filled believers when he's writing this. Let him who stole no longer steal, but let him work, working with his hands what is good, so he's got something to give to meet other people's needs. Let no corrupt work pass out of your hand. Do not lie, do not manipulate, do not twist things, do not let that come out of your hand. For what is good for necessary and for what is good for necessary patience, that it may impart grace to your hearers. Our goal in what we say and the way we relate to each other is to impart grace to others. Now look at this. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. What is it that grieves the Holy Spirit? Now that, that remember, the Holy Spirit is holy. If you want the fire of God in your life, you have to be in a place and living in a way that it makes him comfortable. You see, the Holy Spirit doesn't beat you about and smack you about the head when you're hurting him and when he's uncomfortable. The Holy Spirit, the person, the, the nature, the, the, because he's, he's so gentle and he's so kind, his nature is instead, he's just to go quiet. To, to go quiet. Almost like you'll ne you, do, you wouldn't know he was there. That's what happens when we grieve him. That's what happens when we grieve him. And that, you know, that word, when he... The, the word holy, it's that word haggis again, means that, you know, when you were born again, you were separated out. You were, it means to not regard as common that which was common before or, or that which is no longer common. You are no longer intended to use your, your body, your feelings, your mind in an ordinary way. You are, you are intended to live beyond what is ordinary, to separate from your previous words. That's all in that word, hagios. You, we, as, as New Covenant believers, we are called to holiness because that's who we are. If we're holy, it's inappropriate for us to behave in unholy ways. Now, if I asked you a question this morning and I said to you, do you want to grieve the Holy Spirit? And, and you go, well, of course we don't. Well, let's look at just what that word grieve means. 
How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? What's it saying there? That, that word is lupio, L-U-P-E-O. It means to the, the Holy Spirit, when we get in all this stuff, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, manipulation, lying, anger, when we're just letting that build and we, we're feeding off each other, this is, this is what grieves the Holy Spirit. When we are, we are walking far from holiness in the way we're relating to each other and the way we're dealing with each other and the way we, what, what's going on inside us. And he's saying this, that word grieve is to experience deep emotional pain. When we're behaving like that, the Holy Spirit, who is perfectly holy, is present in that and he is experiencing deep emotional pain. It also means severe sorrow. He is experiencing severe sorrow. It can be used of intense labour-like pains. That's the extent and, and the depth of how he's feeling. It means to make the Holy Spirit distressed. To make him heavy and pressed down and pushed down with sorrow. And that's why it's so important that we live who we are, that we walk holy. And I've just got one last passage to, for you to look at. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Again, Paul is writing to Christians, he's writing to believers in a church. And in my my version I've got here, th this passage is headed up, plea for purity. And I'm going to chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. This is the will of God. You know, most of us, we want to know the will of our God for our life. Well, this is what's said. The will of God for your life is your sanctification. The will of God. If you don't know anything else about the will of God for your life, it is your sanctification. That's why the Holy Spirit came to dwell in you. That's That word sanctification, it means to, to live differently. The Holy Spirit came to dwell in you so you could live differently. That's the will of God for your life, for you to live differently. Um, to live differently from the rest of the world lives and goes about their daily lives. It means in a state of holiness. You see, who we were before we were saved is no longer who we are. When the presence of God moves in, when the presence of God is in a place, when the holiness of the Holy Spirit is in a place, it changes its status and separates it out. You became holy ground. You are holy ground. And as holy ground, he didn't call us into uncleanness. He didn't call us into impurity. But the fire of purity is, is not kicking off that, that smell, that stink, that smoggy particles, that spitting, that, that weak flame, this... The, the fire of purity, unmixed, is clean and burns bright and strong. You see, the truth is that when it is impossible 
to be on fire for God and not be pursuing holiness. It's just impossible. And that's what we don't get. We think, we think all this stuff is just an excuse for us to, to, to live the way we do. No. You cannot walk in the fire of God. You, you cannot live and, and see your destiny because with, without holiness... Because without holiness, it grieves the spirit. It sorrows him. It hurts him. It gives him pain. It douses the fire. So you can do all the things you want to do to try and get that fire to burn. But you have to desire holiness. Because otherwise, it's just like getting a great big fire going and then throwing a bucket of water on it. That's what it's like. You see... The thing is that when God moved in, it became his will that we would be holy like he is holy. And for the Holy Spirit to be free, to be comfortable, to, to take pleasure, to, to fully express himself, we need to have purity as our goal. You know, when we talk about holiness, often we come up with sort of all sorts of religious ideas about what that looks like and all the sort of things we should do. But the truth is, the way I, that God really put on my heart to think about holiness, I guess it's a few years ago now, he, he said to me, this, this is what I want you to think of holiness as. I want you to see my beauty. I want you to see the great treasure that you have in Christ. I want you to see his glory, his perfection, his love poured out for you. And I want you to welcome my Holy Spirit. And in seeing all that, all that beauty, all that purity, all that holiness, this is holiness for you, that you would see the beauty of Christ and desire it for yourself. So I'm just going to pray now. Father, I pray that we would be people who would desire the beauty of Christ for ourselves. Who would desire holiness rather than dousing the flame of your fire with, with all that stuff, all that, all that stuff that we get involved with. That we would know, we would cause you joy instead of sorrow. We, we would... We would allow you to burn in us instead of weighing you down. That we would not cause you pain, but we would give you cause for rejoicing. I pray that we would be that people. And you know, some of us, you know, we, we, we've drifted from that. We, we've got stuff that we, we kind of need to deal with now. But also some of us maybe listening to this, we never know what it is to be filled with the Spirit. We've never known what it is to, to be able to walk free of things because we've never known what it is to have that relationship with Jesus. And if, if those of you, I want, I want you to pray with me now. Father, just say this after me. Father, I turn to you now. I ask you to forgive me of everything that I have done wrong. I choose to make Jesus my Lord, the Lord of my life. And I ask you 
that your Holy Spirit would come now and give me new birth, new life, salvation, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that prayer, you let us know. Email the office, uh, office at faithlifechurch.org.uk. Just let us know some of our messengers on, uh, on Facebook and we'll, we'll get back to you. We'll pray with you. Uh, we've got uh, things to give you to help you on your way. And, and just wh whatever aspect you said that prayer from, we, we'd love to know so that we can give the glory to Christ. Amen. 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 Wonderful. That's uh, just, yeah, I just love that preach. It really gets me. Um, you know, we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, and if um, we teach this in Rock Solid, it's one of our key teachings, that understanding of body, soul, and spirit, that the Holy Spirit, that holiness comes. And when we become born again, he comes and lives in our spirit. Our spirit is no longer dead. It is alive in Christ. And the Holy Spirit comes. And he lives in our spirit. That holiness is in our spirit. And we are changed forever. We can live from that place. But so often we let our flesh get hold of us. You know that stuff? That bitterness, that wrath, that anger, that clamour, that evil speaking. It comes out of our flesh. And that's why it's so important to spend time in his presence. We have him on the inside of us, but we can also be with him face to face. We can go into that place of his presence. We can't be sanctified without him. He does the work. We surrender to him. We acknowledge when we've got stuff wrong and we say, Father, forgive us. Forgive that thing that I've just done. I want to live from a place of holiness. Immediately, the Holy Spirit will show us what we have done that has grieved him because he speaks to us in that time of his presence. So we need to spend time with him to allow his voice, to, to, so that we know his voice, so that he can show us the things that we need to know so that we be, can become like him, gentle, tender-hearted, forgiven, forgiving. And so, as we both brought things this morning about the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, I think our message is take time with him, be in his presence, spend time with him, and let him do what only he can do, which is a work within our flesh, to turn us to be more like Jesus and to live from that holy place of our spirit, totally connected to him. Amen. Amen.